Well, yes. well, uh, Red means recording. I'm sorry. I've, I've <laughs> done exactly that. <laughs> right, that that's a sample. Oh, didn't, didn't you have an actual... Yeah, he has yes. a whistle. Oh, that's what bag, I thought. The bag is outside. Yeah. Brian, was that? Did that Brian gave me that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brian, that's what I thought. That. And this is what happens when it, I don't know. Is this a bad idea to have a listener come in and just say that this is the it equivalent is of, of me saying I have all your albums? We we have a listener. <laughs> exactly. I was we were as shocked as anyone to get a reply to our to our thing. No, we were talking about before uh, people that connect. Like, who are your biggest connector in life? <clears throat> right. Um, the person you know that kind of branched out everything and and i mean a hundred percent rick emerson is yeah. is that person i know so many there's always for me it's not necessarily a person like there's rick emerson on one time and usually it's it's church on the other side like right if a facebook person is like oh do i know this from that or which are two wildly different crowds Todd the corpse who is in fact yes. a school a, a sunday, sunday school, school teacher, teacher. yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, by, so by sorry, far, Aaron. Rick is the connector. Oh yes, a lot of inside jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. I'm, Aaron, I'm not an Emerson to... listener, but I would say wow. you know nor, everything nor about him. Nor am I a Sunday him. school teacher. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know everything about Rick that you need to know. I think because you know me. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 If yeah. you know a Rick Emerson and... listener, then you have you feel like you probably know Rick Emerson <laughs> without having I forced upon there was, you. There was a time in our friendship where like you had a tradition of of reading his manifesto out loud oh yeah which yeah, one yeah. was that oh gosh was it was the, like a take on like this i believe it was the, uh-huh. 888, the 888 like, speech uh yes that was. yes like he, he had it, a long, long the only f- thing i ever took away from it was uh, uh i believe that george lucas needs to uh be taken away from his creation yes <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> Yep. Maybe we should play it that. Happened. I, we, I, that. I can easily find that. Maybe I was I'll say t- no doubt Todd has I'll a copy. I'll tack that in. And yeah, if not, we can go to the Tegan Zone and get there because we knew it was on 888. Um, <laughs> yep. There's a secret behind. I, it, I could be, it could be that I've told this story before uh-huh. or, or not. Um, please please tell again. So yes, the 888. Well, hold on <laughs> Let me in. All right. We're in the, we're, welcome to the Market this. Podcast. Hi. Um, <laughs> So yes, we're talking about the old Rick Emerson show, and um, he did a thing on on eight eight zero eight. He wanted he did a big manifesto speech, and it, the, the gimmick was wherever you're listening, turn your radio up, turn it towards the street. You know, if you're in construction right now, all those people were going to turn it up. So all over Portland, here's this this nerd manifesto. Uh, August eighth, two thousand eight. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Slightly yes. after Horns Over the Hawthorne. Yeah. So okay. we did six 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 was Horns Over Hawthorne. Seven seven seven, I believe, was Vanilla Ice. Okay. <laughs> um, somehow. Uh, and then 888, he's like, yeah, what do we do? Because we're kind of doing this thing. And and so he uh, called me one day after the show was over and he goes, okay, I had this idea. I want to do this big speed. You know, he laid out the whole idea and said, but I can't give my, like, you can't give yourself a nickname. You can't give yourself, I'm going to do this manifesto that everyone, like, that's just, you can't do that. Right. Everyone listen to me. Yeah. And so he's like, so can you write up something and, and suggest this idea so that I can say, oh, we had this great idea from Todd the Corpse. <laughs> a planted call in. Like, hey, could you tell thing. me everything good about Portland? Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, totally, of course. And so it was always like, oh, Todd the Corpse had this great idea where I'm going to write this big speech and deliver it to all of Portland. <laughs> so thank you, Todd. 
that was the yes i was the the proxy for <laughs> for delivering that but um but we have some special guests on Yay. the show today hi would you like to introduce yourself because uh, I don't is, think I know how to pronounce your last name, and yes. I always do it wrong, and I refuse to be corrected. And I was given a tongue that cannot pronounce my last name easily, so <laughs> I'm Brock Dittus, and I'm saying that clearly enunciated and not because, like I always say, well, in my you head. could say that. People say it all the time, uh, but yes, but there is two T's in it. I've yes. double checked confusingly. <laughs> Uh, I am first of and foremost a Mark and Toddcast listener. We found the one. We and <laughs> do you guys have a Patreon? Do you have like a no. donation? We no, don't. Okay. For, we do so, for Portland at the movies. So when you do, uh, so that would be uh, subscribe to Portland at the movies. Donate twice. There you go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> That's my call to action now. Because we're not on regulated airspace. We, I can do that anytime yeah, I that's want. That's right. Totally. Yes. We um, are not beholden to the FCC. Also, Rick Emerson, show listener, as yeah. noted. Yes. Uh, former podcaster with the Sprocket Podcast, uh, with my associate who's also here in the room, and uh, also a musician played with uh, 76 and Lumberjack. So uh, local to Portland, we never broke out into any scene, <laughs> but uh, but we played. So you're authentically Portland. Uh, that's right. Yeah, we did not succeed. Yeah. I only, I, I'm so indie. I only listen to three bands, and no one knows who they are. <laughs> so thank you for having me in. Yes, yes, and uh, Aaron Flores. Uh, I really have no bona fides. <laughs> Mark and Todd cast guest. Mark and Todd cast guest. Yes. Sweet. Uh, here to hang out, which I'm watch, sure you only recently uh, found out existed. Uh, no, <laughs> on, I've on your been bike right here since the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Long time listener. <laughs> I'm just realizing now, talking about um, Rick Emerson being the spoke right. of the that thing. I guess which I owe to you yes. because you're the one you, you are patiently waiting for me to say. <laughs> I introduced you to the, uh, the Rick, Rick Emerson, Emerson show. show. Is uh, we worked together in an agency, and I had just moved down from from the Seattle area, and in Seattle I listened to Lycus. Yeah, yeah. And so when I came down here, I switched the dial. And I to had been listening Lycus. to Lycus. And, when I, yeah, and we uh, all did. It's a stain on our history. <laughs> totally. And uh, yeah, right before Lycus was the Rick Emerson <laughs> yeah, show, yeah. and this was before he syndicated, uh, and. Uh, and then he syndicated. Then he went then, away. And then, then he went away. Back. Came back, and and, and that's when I got on ten eighty K O T K O T K. I should get those as shortcuts on that. That would be fun to that have would be fun. all those station liners. I still hear it was the CNN top of the hour when it was. It is twelve o'clock. Do 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 do. <laughs> that was the top of the the top of the hour news uh, from CNN. Um, I did. I did. Um, pull a couple news stories i didn't i didn't do so much so we'll, we'll we'll do a couple news stories and then i'm in um, the barrier for coming and you you graciously took the call that we put out of immediately and without delay and and <laughs> the barrier of who we let on the show is you said can i come on the show and i was like yeah sure and you're like my idea to talk about it. i'm like no 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 you're overselling yourself what's happening don't, don't confuse us you're in <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll do a couple uh, news stories here. Mark, I did. I do think I sent you uh, the link, but they're all they're all fairly short. And we'll start with uh, Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City is set to close on December thirty one. The comedy venue mainstay Caroline's on Broadway will close. The club's owner Caroline Hirsch decided not to renew the venue's lease. It opened forty years ago, has been at its current location in Times Square since nineteen ninety two. 
Uh, Hirsch first opened the club as a cabaret in 1982, but she soon started booking comedians, which led to its transformation to a full-fledged comedy club. Some of those early performances, including Jay Leno, Jerry Seinfeld, Tim Allen, Billy Crystal, and Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, if you if and when that there was that comedy bloom in the late '80s and '90s, and so you've for sure seen the Caroline's background, which is like some diamond shapes. It was like purple and yellow diamond shapes, and said Caroline's on it. Um, so yeah, an, an, an iconic iconic comedy club closes. That's so, sad. Yeah. They're not the ones that made the brick wall famous then? No, okay. that was the, I believe that's the improv. Improv, yeah. Okay. Yeah, which I've never been to, but that's pretty iconic too. And yeah. uh, that, that brick wall. Mark, well, I'll read this next one, then you can take that third Fine. one there. Uh, scientists finally know that you get breaking news from the group chat between Mark and Nick and Brian and Sarah that that I that I am in. Scientists finally know why people get more colds in the uh, and flu in the winter. There's a brand new study that found the biological reason we get more respiratory illnesses in the winter. It turns out the cold air itself damages the immune response occurring in the nose. This is the first time we have a biological a biologic molecular explanation regarding one factor of our innate immune response that appears to be limited by colder temperatures. Oh, Mark, you can read that next sentence. <laughs> Says rhinologist Dr. Zara Patel, of, a professor of otolaryngology <laughs> and head and neck surgery at Stanford University School of Medicine. What, what science California. was that again? Uh, yeah, it's the study of the nose. Okay. <laughs> rhinologist. Yeah, though she's a rhinologist. Yeah, she's both a rhinologist and a professor of otolaryngology. I believe that would be. Uh, uh, but yes, thank you, Mark, for that. Otolaryngology is well, that has to do with like your throat and your ears, then, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. An ENT. Your sinuses and, yeah. and throat, I guess. Uh, back... Otolaryngology. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's a hard. Oh, it's a hard. I wonder if that's like a gif-gif thing in, in that world. <laughs> Thank you. I was just going to point out that Odo's the one in Deep Space Nine that doesn't have a nose, right? <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. I wonder if that's a reference. <laughs> so I don't know how that ties in. Uh, so we, we have friends who are from Belarus, uh, which we just assumed was all backwards. And, uh, and <laughs> because... Because we're American. I can't point to it on a globe. <laughs> right, right. I, we had to we had to research and find found out that they basically lived next to Chernobyl, and um, it, they are r- crazy about allowing their child to interact with cold air. Uh, you know, like they're super like, against it, or they're like super against it. Okay. And so, like, sh- no, he can't have ice cream on a cold day, be- like yeah. because it'll he'll get it's sick, or his hair is wet and he can't touch air outside the house uh, you know yeah, for 48 yeah, yeah. hours or whatever uh which makes showers very difficult uh <laughs> and uh and so maybe interesting maybe they're right well and that's always been the th- and like huh. i was always conf- I mean, it sounds like everyone's confused but it's like well you're gonna walk out you're gonna catch a cold it's right, like, well, right, right. that doesn't make sense if i have bare feet and step in a puddle why is that gonna make me but i guess it, it all makes sense now it's one of those things well like um sugar still scientifically there is no evidence that it makes kids hyper right. and like over and over when they test it it's like there's no correlation that we're finding in these double blind studies that but i mean it's one of those things where it's like 
if you've ever seen a kid who had sugar, like, you know. I've been testing it with my kids for weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was like, well, it's probably the environment or you're at a birthday party and all worked out or whatever. And but it's, it's next time you give your kid sugar, just put him in a dark room. See what happens. See if it's <laughs> study him. <laughs> complete your, lack of stimulus. Control group. Can I do that? Am I allowed put to? Put him in a Skinner. Yeah, ask, ask so my own legal counsel. Hey, I don't have kids. So <laughs> right. I'm not going to tell you how to parent. Thank you. Uh, well, back to uh, Odo Odo Laryngology or whatever <laughs> hard G of that was. Reducing the temperature inside the nose by as little as nine degrees Fahrenheit or five degrees Celsius kills nearly fifty percent of the billions of virus and bacteria fighting cells in the nostrils. Cold air is associated with increased viral infection because you've essentially lost half your immunity just by that small drop in temperature of uh, nine degrees. So don't go outside then. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the warm... put this on the soundboard. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. We're going to have to make a list here. Uh, the warmer you can keep your intranasal environment, the better the innate immune defense mechanism will work. Maybe yet another reason to wear masks. Not only do ma masks protect you from direct inhalation of viruses, but it's also like wearing a sweater on your nose. Which is how I felt this article. <laughs> during the COVID period. I remember wearing masks and I was like, in the, in the cold period, this makes a lot of sense. It makes me yep. more comfortable. The other day, because yep. I was wearing my mask at Safeway and I walked out to the cold temperature. I was like, oh, it's nice. It's... to My my face is still warm. Mm -hmm. So, hmm. all right. Mark, why don't you take that? Into, and there is a picture there that, um, or from that link. <laughs> for for so. our listeners, we have a picture. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let me do this sleight of hand magic trick for you as well. Uh, dog accidentally. Is this your car? Is this Yes. Uh, dog accidentally sent through an x-ray machine Sorry, at a Wisconsin a... airport, TSA says. So a small dog, small dog, a small dog. You like was, dogs? I like dogs. Well, it's in Wisconsin, so. Uh, it might be a dog. It might be a dog. A small dog was accidentally sent through the x-ray screening at Dane County Regional Airport in Wisconsin. TSA tweeted a video demonstrating the proper way to travel with your pet in which a man took his cat out of the carrier and held the animal as he walked through the screening checkpoint. Last month, security officers at JFK International Airport in New York City discovered a live cat trapped inside checked luggage. Uh, so like all so these... Cruel. All these are like like random facts about terrible things that the TSA has done. Uh, and yeah, the cat most likely just snuck in that suitcase. Yeah, the, I saw the cat in the suitcase uh, clip uh, on oh, I didn't see on that. Reddit, I, I think. And then, uh, but yeah, I didn't know about the small dog. But you know, uh, it's it's just like going to the dentist and getting X rays. I was going to say, I wonder right? how bad it, how fast yeah. the X ray exposure is in that if it's longer or shorter than the than the ones depends of the doctor on how thoroughly they're checking the right bag, yeah <laughs> is, that is that a dog is that a dog is that a dog are you sure let's check it again is that a dog i did see the picture and it is in fact a dog ah, it's a dog yes. and not at, not at the end it isn't <laughs> this is just a pile of goo i guess well, we were wrong so when you go to the dentist it's they give you the the like big heavy blanket right and it, i always heard that the reason they give you that is because they want you to remain virile yeah. Like yeah. it's to protect your um gonads. Yeah. 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 Uh wasn't sure what I could say on this show. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, gonads is we have a shortcut that says gonads. <laughs> That's what she said. And um it, yeah, it's last time I was at the dentist, they left it on the wall next oh, to no. me. And I'm like yeah. and I was too 
chicken to uh-huh. say anything. Right. I didn't say anything. Do I not still uh, need this, ma'am? <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, well. Or are you I'm, less concerned I'm, about I'm, uh, I'm, this aspect of my I, reproductive I, health? <laughs> right. She's like, She's no concern. You're gay. You're not making babies. So <laughs> good luck to you. What do you need that for anyway? <laughs> but the, it just seems like if you put your dog through the x-ray machine a couple times, like, that might replace a trip to the vet. <laughs> so, totally, yeah. If uh, it hasn't already been what, done, yeah. It either will give them cancer or cure it. Probably <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apologies for turning everyone's headphones up and down there. I was trying to find which one I was. Uh, there's a lawsuit that charges that TGI Fridays mozzarella sticks don't contain mm. any mozzarella. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Um, a story that was paywalled so that I did not copy. So, so we don't know. It's we'll cheddar. never know. I did spell mozzarella twice. I, I read this. Oh, oh good. <laughs> tell, tell Aaron us. is behind the paywall. <laughs> Live behind the paywall, <laughs> it's Aaron. It's it's cheddar. What? Yes. Oh. oh. It's I, oh. I don't know the whole I wasn't, details. I wasn't even expecting it to be cheese. Right, right. Well, that's the thing, <laughs> like, right? Like, I thought like, the percentage of cheese versus filler wouldn't be enough to be like, actually... Oh, it's sawdust. Well, yeah. okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah TGI. Well, like, the, the American cheese slices are, are che- food product, cheese yes. product or whatever. Right. They're not allowed to be called cheese either. But, yes, I did spell mozzarella wrong twice yep. in two different ways. <laughs> <Yep>. So <laughs> Google Docs told me about it. Yes, fixed it for you me. fixed it for me. All right, one last heartwarming story. A vacationing cop puts the P in Chicago PD. A Chicago a Chicago cop vacation in Florida was arrested early yesterday after being caught urinating in an ice machine at the beachside bar. Ooh. According to the police, an employee of Jimmy B's Beach Bar in St. Petersburg was, quote, attempting to get ice from the machine around 12.30 a.m. when he discovered Henry Kapouch, age 30, quote, pissing. On the ice in the machine. When the worker told Capuch to stop, the accused urinator cursed him and shoved him a couple times, according to the arrest affidavit. That seems unbecoming of a policeman. Yes. <laughs> Capuch subsequently shoved a security guard. Cops allege the affidavit notes that coach showed, quote, indication of alcohol influence. You don't say so. Indication. Yes. The, the indication was he was peeing in an ice machine. By all counts. <laughs> there is no other explanation. Let me just say, I I, I went to the uh, Very Country Courage Christmas uh, oh, at the yeah, Landmark yeah, yeah. Saloon earlier today yes, please featuring Greg Nibbler of Unemployment Radio, fellow network show. Yes, I don't know if yes. you've heard of it. But uh, I had and, a couple drinks there. And, and you refrained from peeing in the ice machine? I came all the way over here, and I did not pee in an ice machine oh, on the way. Wow. So I, Good on you. Thank you. I'm not even a policeman. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like... <laughs> If my experience says anything, it's that you do have some discretion over the matter. Yes, <laughs> that is true. Well, that is a that's a great segue. Then, uh, how was the, a, a very courage country Christmas? It was fantastic. It yeah. was great. Uh, I, so, obviously, anytime you see courage, they always look great. Their hair looks good. Yes. Um, there were some festive Christmas elements this they time are around. A, a a tribute, a, an eighties butt rock tribute band they yeah. don't sing other people's stuff but that is right. their style they, they sing hilarious songs that they have written themselves right maybe what uh what weird al would would uh 
call a stylistic parody. Yes. Oh, there yeah. you go. Oh, there you go. So, nice. yes. They're the Weird Al of butt rock. Oh, and of Portland. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, known for such albums as Straight Out of Clackamas and uh, and uh, <laughs> so on and so forth. Uh, they do good work. Courage Rock. That's R A W K. Yes. Uh, if you want to find them online. Nice. There you go. Uh, great show. Uh, I had to leave early to come over here, um, which so it goes. Uh, but but I did get what to a, see. <laughs> what a slap in the face to you. <laughs> 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 I blame the Fun Club Radio Network. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Uh, no, the uh, the show started with uh, a wonderful cover of Big Rock County Mountain, uh, known from uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Uh, okay, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was good. Yep. And then they played a couple of Courage Originals, and so uh, wonderful. Uh, they did the um, the Batman Smells version of Jingle Bells, which <laughs> I found to be yeah, that was good. Because growing up, I always heard the song, but I tried to be a good kid, and so I didn't learn <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. And so it was nice finally to hear the entire song. That's one of those things that just sorts of pops into existence because I heard somebody else talking about like well, what is the origin they thought they had heard it from like some 90s mm-hmm. cartoons and I'm like Bart Simpson sings that in the very first Simpsons episode at the mm-hmm. end of 89 and by like I had kind of heard it by yeah, then totally. myself and it's yeah. like where does that how does that get to every school yeah. in America pre-internet like, like it was already entrenched in the culture and yeah. that was why Bart was singing it yeah, or, yeah. I, that's yeah. what yeah. I that's what I figured oh yeah most definitely yeah. Yeah. yeah well and Aaron you remember life before the Simpsons I think <laughs> Am I like the oldest person here? Is that, I, is that, I don't is know. that your way of saying I, I'm 51. Hey, you're old. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, I, I did if see that. If that guy no, it, said he was in his this, 30s, I was going to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting, though. Like, I'm sure there's there's like a field of study for that, like where, where like yeah. these, you can't and it would call be it a so folk song hard. or a folk parody, maybe. But really, yeah. it is. I mean, well, like, it's like the old wives' tale of if you go out in the cold, you're going to get sick. Those things, right? Like, that's just been around, and nobody knows where it where it originated from. You and I each watched a YouTube documentary that went into crazy detail into the bumper song in uh, Disney uh, in in. Uh, the Disney television. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, did you watch that too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and there's and a, yeah the Disney which I the Disney Channel Disney I Channel didn't wa- the 90s, didn't watch because that was kind of uh, after my time. But they had like the bumpers where and everyone's seen them where the the different stars are making the mouse ear shape and being oh, like yeah. you're watching Disney the Disney Channel or whatever. The Hillary Duff is telling me what I'm watching, and there's a little piece of music in that that's like dun 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 or something. I don't know what it is. Like a tritone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it was this whole like hour and a half long YouTube video of this guy trying to find the person who wrote that song and like going through Disney stuff and finding all these connections, like an hour long, like mystery of finally tracking really out the guy goes, who did it. He, like, and he, he gets chided a lot about whether or not he's a documentarian or a YouTuber. And uh-huh. he kind of goes, yeah. cause then it was like, this is as deep as a documentary goes. Yeah. Like it, it was really well done. Yeah, and, the channel is Defunct Land, yeah, which yeah, yeah, no. covers Defunct. a lot of oh, great yes. Disney yeah. stuff. Yes. It's really great. Yeah, that's a great channel. They've done uh, a few things on like uh, <clears throat> abandoned Disney projects exactly. in their, like, yeah. their theme parks. Yeah. Yep, yeah. and they do the different rides and the history of the rides and the and the theme. It's they have a whole cool. series on Eisner, on uh, Michael oh, really? Eisner that he did <clears throat> a couple years ago. Yeah, that channel is really great. Yeah, so I, I highly recommend that hour and a half i I had never watched the disney channel it was riveting to me yeah yeah (laughs) because yeah it's just good old-fashioned detective work yeah i love that and that the great part of the internet is that you can in fact 
trace down the answers to some of these unanswerable questions. Yeah. And some, as my boss sometimes likes to say, some questions still have no answers. But, yeah. you know, occasionally you find that. Yeah, Which is totally. kind of what it's, I came here to talk about. It's got a great <laughs> twist ending, too. Uh, the, a little bit doc- of a twist ending. In yeah, that I was just thinking so, of that, too. Yeah, so... Yeah, so um, Sorry if I segue too soon. No, no, that's no, no, perfect. No, this is it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I... Uh, Todd, you you're a fan of the bins, right? You're um, yes, I am obsessed with them. And I guess for anybody, everybody listening to the Mark and Todd cast already knows about the bins. But just to summarize, <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. I'd like to hear an outside an outside explanation. <laughs> well, from it. someone, I feel I like guess, I'm too in it. Uh huh. I've been to um, I've been to the one in Milwaukee. Portland, yeah, that's the one uh, I go like to. right on the city line, and yep. uh, that's the one you go to. Yeah. There's also one in Salem where I live, and I haven't been yet. Yeah, I've been to that. So one I was too. going to say I haven't been to the bins, but I haven't been to the bins in my town. I have been in Portland, and okay. uh, basically, it's uh, it, the stuff that doesn't sell as it's tagged. Uh, they're like, well, now you can buy it by the pound. Yeah. So and they um, throw them into big giant bins. Right. Just Hence open bins yeah. that you paw through like an animal. And it's it's <laughs> colloquial, right? Like they, they don't have a big sign that says the bins. It doesn't um, say the bins, but every it's what's it called? Of things, like everybody calls the Goodwill Outlet. The Goodwill out- Outlet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, okay. everybody calls it the bins. Right. Uh, and whether you're interested in clothing or um, VHS uh, tapes. Right. VHS tapes. <laughs> I just found this amazing bulk eraser, like the old magnetic tape bulk eraser. No way. Two days ago. And so I got that. <laughs> so you I could found, erase all like I could erase every thousands of tapes. It's and like everyone's electronics would just be yeah. F because it's just a giant electromagnet. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, yeah. do not use around electronics. <laughs> I'm like, Pfft. this sounds like it has implication. Like maybe this has another <laughs> utility. <laughs> yes. Well, there's a scene in Fight Club at the end of Fight Club uh-huh. when they're running their Project Mayhem or whatever they're going yeah. through Blockbuster and picking it yep. up. Okay. And like people now back then probably didn't even know what it was because yeah. it was uh, and now we're now like, you're well, renting static. Doing? Yeah. Yeah. Just hmm. erasing those tapes. Do you guys remember uh, the magazine Adbusters which I believe is still around but I haven't yeah, followed them for a while. Yeah. Super familiar though. They sold something that was uh, it was a TV off remote. And it was supposedly a universal off signal for okay. like whatever TV existed. It just like cycled through all the off signals it nice. knew until it turned off the TV in whatever establishment you were in. <laughs> and that's a very Adbusters thing to do. Um, I-, I bought one. It never worked for me. <laughs> oh. But And I was wondering if it was kind of like the X-ray specs or something. Yeah. Like this is what they say it does. But really, it's just plastic. Yeah. Uh, but I never, yeah, I never got mine to work. But uh, it's similar to that, that like you could just wreck havoc yeah i suppose if yeah you wanted to. with my bulky racer yeah and a brass i found an antique brass uh fire extinguisher like a pump fire extinguisher that's the that's so i'm busy restoring that <laughs> nice like, like yeah. a, a manual like a manually rechargeable fire extinguisher yeah yeah i can't it doesn't huh. pump anymore so i don't know if it's because mm. once it's empty there's a vacuum in there that you can't pull back or if it's just broken yeah. or huh. whatever but it's super it's super cool these are the kinds of things you can find when you shop secondhand. Yeah, oh yeah. Specifically and the bins. Do you have a family history? Like, do you do you come from a long line of uh, bins <clears throat> pawers? Or no, I realize <laughs> another Mark connection for for <laughs> totally. big life. Mark's husband Nick, yeah. um, because I make uh, the VHS notebooks, and uh-huh. I was trying. I was always trying to find more um, more stuff. He's like, "Well, have you tried the bins?" And I said, "No, I have not." What are the bins? And so that changed my life. Yeah, yeah. I'm a different person now. <clears throat> yeah, we have we go to the one at uh, Portland Airport, the airport area, and uh, and it's it's fantastic. It's, yeah, there's my. Well, there we go. I see a picture right fire, now. Antique fire extinguisher. Will this be in the show notes? Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, my first note: make show notes. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. 
<laughs> Did I bring up a sore topic? <laughs> so I come from a long line of uh, of uh, secondhand shoppers. Yeah. And uh, so my, my grandma passed away back in 2000, so years and years ago. Uh, but my grandpa just passed away last year. And so we went and helped to clean out his house and... Uh, all manner of things. My grandpa uh, was a lovely man, and uh, he loved his wife dearly. He never got rid of anything that she had acquired, and so his house was was pretty full of a lot of interesting things. Um, I'm also kind of a family history nerd, so I was there, like trying to find all the photographs and everything, yeah. and trying to figure out who my great grandmother really was, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, part of part of that pursuit is digitization. Is that a word? Uh, digitizing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, taking something that's analog and putting it on the computer <laughs> so that it'll last a few more cycles before the eventual apocalypse. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, so uh, scanning photographs is one way. But um, did you guys grow up with like video recorders? Did your parents take videotape of you like when you were kids? No. 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 Not at all. Aaron? Yeah. Yes. You. Yeah. <clears throat> Grandpa had like one of the first generation yeah. oh, wow. like VHS. Where it's like over your shoulder, and then it also had the recorder. I found one of those at the bins. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and that's where they are now. Yeah. Either that or they're on eBay for like $5,000. Yeah, it had the whole pouch and the yeah. side thing. Yeah. and oh, it It's like the size cool. of a VCR. Yeah. And yeah. Like that's, that's just what you have. But, but like, so you grew up being videoed. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I, yeah, I see, didn't I really realize. Didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize this was not a universal experience, but like I realized that we've got stacks and stacks of old vhs tapes uh, and just hours and hours of footage of me as a young boy and my siblings and my my relatives and everything uh and so i you know i spent a lot of time trying to figure out first of all how do i uh, how do i back this up so yeah. that, like when the tape demagnetizes when todd comes by with his, <laughs> with, with his special magnet uh how do i keep this around for future generations and like i started thinking about this when i had kids i was like how do i pass this on to them so yeah. if they're ever interested they may never be interested but you know uh, if if they are how do they get to it because uh, they most certainly won't be able to find a vhs player but when they're old enough to care so I uh, started digitizing these things and then uh, audio tapes as well. So like I found that, uh, for example, you remember the old analog audio cassette recorder, like uh, the answering machine, like you call yep. up yep. four rings and then the tape starts playing. You have like that There's, tape that's like, yeah. you know, three the inches The micro tape, whatever, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, this was, the, uh, this was the actual cassette. Like these, this is an old one. Yeah. Um, it had a specialized cassette that only had, it was like a tape loop. So you could record your greeting mm-hmm. for however long that needed to go. And then it had a standard cassette tape that would record you know all the messages that came in so i've got boxes of tapes with all the messages that came into my grandparents place Uh, or sometimes do you remember like if you pick up the phone sometimes depending on how you picked it up the answering machine would just keep on recording totally so I've got, you know, uh, wow. conversations between my grandma and my great grandma about like, oh, you know, wow. <laughs> my grandma telling my great grandma, well, this is why they won't let you stay in that nursing home because of what you said to that person. <laughs> and maybe you should try being a little less racist. Um, it's a fascinating conversation. It's just, you know, these are the things that make you who you I are. I didn't know darkies was a bad term. <laughs> well, and it was very, just what we people. It was very much like that of right, kind of like, yeah. well, this, this is why these are happening. This is why you live here now and it was just interesting to me like this is a side tangent of course but like my grandma just kind of reasoning with her mom and like thinking of the dynamics of that relationship and kind of you know how, how that works and how do you take care That's of your elders when yeah. yeah and so like I, i've got uh what i now come to realize is kind of a, a pretty deep well of information about my family where they wow. came from so all that to lead up to what we're going to talk about tonight that i uh also found this 
in the collection of tapes. So my grandma would go to maybe not the bins. I'm not sure if she did or not, but she would go to thrift stores and pick up old cassette tapes because uh, she liked to record things. She would tape like, you know, she would dub LPs. Um, one of my personal favorite, uh, would she just set up the recorder next to the thing or would she know how to hook one? She had an all in one, uh, so you could play the LP on the top and press record on the tape deck down below. Wow. Um, I, uh, she introduced me to Floyd Kramer. Yes. On the the tape. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Especially if it was, uh, is it nickel? What was the, what were the fancy tapes? I forget. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, nickel metal hydra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, yeah, she would like you know send me tapes. Uh, she would read books on tape when I was really young, which is super cool. Um, that sort of thing. But she had to get all these tapes from somewhere, so she would go to the. She store. didn't have a bulky eraser. She couldn't reuse. <laughs> and she wasn't going to go out and buy uh, first you know, like, you know unrecorded yeah. tapes like those are way too expensive. Yeah. Like that's a, a yeah. it's an unwise use of your money. Why would you ever buy brand new cassette tapes? But and you so, can still <laughs> write a. You, you can still has. Cassette tapes. Are they more expensive now? Oh, really? I, I mean, everything's more expensive. Everything's now, more expensive. But... I mean, they they didn't seem wildly expensive uh-huh. for like what huh. it was. I Good guess, to know. but I, I couldn't make heads or tails of who who Who's would need that. Right? Maybe they just haven't ever taken it off the shelf. <laughs> yeah, that could be. <laughs> They're still there. It's just been there the whole time. <laughs> uh, so my grandparents were big, like kind of media nerds, and I, you know, That's along cool. with recording stuff on cassette tapes. Also, like they had cable, we didn't. Like we were talking about Disney. Like I, I only had Disney for six months or maybe less when I was a kid. My parents had like the big, you know, brown box that you would get from the cable yeah, company. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, all of my exposure to Disney is like that 1992, like, you know, six months in, the, in that time or whatever. And then we never had it again. But my grandparents had it. They would tape stuff, you know, religiously they would read the newspaper and the TV listings and tape like the old Gary Cooper movies or whatever you wanted to see. Um, and so I grew up with kind of a, a look to the past, just kind of as a default. Uh, but we would sit down on Friday nights and like, which VHS tapes did my grandma pass over to me? And so, you know, whether it was the Oklahoma musical followed by something from the Disney Channel or what have you, uh, that was kind of that was how we programmed our, our uh, watching at night. Wow. And so my grandma was always looking for things to record on my theory. And I don't know if this is why she picked up this particular tape, but the tape that I brought here wrapped in a fun employment uh, radio. Oh, so that koozie. Koozie. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is a shiny gold koozie. That yeah. grandma. Uh, this here is uh, the cassette technologies demonstration cassette. So. A cassette demonstrating how a cassette works? Exactly. Should I have to give you some... Uh, <laughs> to the mic. Um, this is the sort of thing, and I'll pass it around so you guys can look. Uh, this is the sort of thing that you would find at a stereo store. Like if you were going in okay. to buy a stereo. Um, back when cassettes were the primary medium, they would say, well, here's this demo cassette we've got. You can take this from one machine to another and see how you like the difference in tone. Ah, see, nice. This will help you decide which stereo you're going to buy from us. Oh, so this wasn't meant for the retail place to have on. Not necessarily. Oh, interesting. Like you wouldn't go out and buy this firsthand. Um, right. But they ended up in thrift stores eventually. It's such a good idea, though. And so I'm digitizing all these tapes with, you know, my, my grandma's conversations and, and uh, the, the, the things that she had put on tape for us and that sort of thing. Um, and I come across this tape. I'm like, well, what is this? I wonder if she put her voice on here. Uh, and she had not. But what I did find was that um, this particular cassette had uh, a, a kind of a, an intriguing song. I'm a musician. I enjoy listening to, to music. I like especially like obscure music, like the more obscure, the better. I fit in Portland, I think. And um, so I was like, oh, this this is a cool song. So can I play a clip here? Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, and so, yeah, this again, let's see here. So 
sorry. I guess this is where the edits come, right? The what now? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Is this on courtesy, no, because we... courtesy of Tough Boot Productions? Yes, this is from <laughs> Tough Boot Records, Yeah, uh, which ends up being a Portland, uh, Portland label, I want to say. So You're anyways, here we go. <laughs> That's awesome. So this is what that tape is. This is what was on that tape. I talked about the... Yeah, it's, <laughs> I hit the post here. But you can hear, like, it's got kind of a dancing synthesizer that, line. This is definitely what I would want to hear if I was demoing, like, yeah. various store-bought cassettes. Yeah. So I don't know how much I can play before you guys get in trouble, so I'll stop it there. Uh, but I heard that, and I was like, this is a cool song. I'd yeah. love to listen to this song again. You know, I'm digitizing, so <clears> I can make a copy of my... But I'm like, yeah, at the time, I was a Spotify subscriber, and so I'm like, can I find this on streaming? Is it anywhere there? It's not on streaming. Uh, I look on YouTube because I'm like, well, YouTube is where everything lives that isn't on streaming and it's not on YouTube. Um, so I find this is uh, the band is Johnny and the Distractions. Huh. And uh, the other things, this is a side one only. There's only one program, as they say, on the label here. Uh, it also uh, contains Raining Away by Michael Tomlinson, Everything I Love by Marvin Thomas, and Faces of the Forest by Paul Spear and David Land. So it's a, kind of a, a, a variety of different kinds of things. Okay. But Johnny and the Distractions was the band uh, who sang that song I just played, Most Important Thing. And uh, so I can't find it online anywhere. It reminds me a bit of uh, like the Mannheim Steamroller. I don't know if you guys know yeah, yeah. it. Christmas classic. Uh, their good King Wenceslas has a very similar sort of dancing okay. synthesizer line. And I'm like, this is one of those things that my grandma taped for me. She <laughs> gave it to me, played it for me. I'm like, oh, I like this. I-, I would like to hear this again. And so, yeah, trying to find out where this came from. Uh, I do some internet research and Johnny and the Distractions turns out to be a band based out of Portland, Oregon. And okay. so... Um, is, you, is that where your grandma lived? Does she live around here? Or does she live somewhere no. else? So we lived in uh, the outskirts of Tacoma, Washington. Okay. Just south of Federal Way, Washington. Federal Way, Washington is where Cassette Technologies, yeah, the I manufacturer saw, I saw Federal this, Way on the, yes. on the label inside. Yeah. There. Okay. Uh, they were based out of Federal <clears throat> Way. So this was, this was local. Uh, I did some research on the internet just getting ready to come in here and talk about this, and I couldn't find too much about it. I know they, w- they did tape duplication. And they were involved in, you know, cassette technology, as the as the, the title might say. Uh, so uh, this was this was a neighbor of mine that I grew up. Like, you know, we went to the Costco uh, down the street from where yeah. these offices were. The office building is still there. The okay. at least there's still an office building at the address. Could not find too much about it. I did find, um, let's see, this uh, ad in a uh, kind of a tape industry sort of uh, magazine and. Uh, it just talks up. It, it's like when you're done playing, which I think is a pun, come talk to us. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, what they would do again is just kind of duplicate tapes uh, and work with with tape technology. Um, one of the things I I still don't know too much about tape bin, um, but apparently that is one of the methods of duplication where you just kind of spool tape into or out of a large bin onto a cassette, perhaps. Oh, interesting. I don't know enough about it. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't find too much uh, on the internet about demonstration cassettes either. Like, I feel yeah. like this had to be a thing. I've got another one from another manufacturer. Um, you but... know, have you ever heard of the internet channel um, Techmoan? Techmoan, no. Techmoan uh, is fantastic and does lots of like retro, 
like he looks at this machine that they used to use in grocery stores to play the music and mm. announcements and it's like yeah. a, an infinite loop and so he'll like look at all of this old technology that doesn't exist <clears throat> anymore and yeah. so i'm totally wondering if he's ever done uh something on on these these tapes right because when you search for that on the on the internet you get a lot of like demo cassette like this is what a band would put out to sure. demonstrate yeah, this is what this band yeah, what sounds an impossible like. thing to google yeah but apparently uh that's the only thing people want to talk about with those particular search terms so right. yeah so i i like this song i i like to listen to it i'd like to listen to it again and more than that i'd like to i'd like to let other people listen to it as well yeah so this is like during covid i've got a lot of time there's not i'm working from home and not really doing a whole lot of other things uh, I used to play music back in the day. I haven't made music in a while. And I'm like, well, why, what if I just cover this song? What if I oh, what a cool program this song and uh, find a way to basically like to make this available so people could hear it so um, let's play play a little bit and and because this is a a news discussion and a that's right we're still in the news hour <laughs> right we are critiquing this <laughs> under fair use law for, yeah, I, I used to remember his whole spiel about the, in the public in the public interest necessity and that's something right or other. yes um and necessity and necessity yeah necessity the last one um play a little bit more of that original one and yeah. with the voice and stuff like that so That synth line is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Some people care about wisdom. Some people okay. care about lust. Do you want so, to know a really fast way to figure out who owns this song? Is to, <laughs> put is it on it, YouTube. Put it on YouTube. Yeah, it will totally it will totally tell you. Yeah. So yeah, if you want me to upload that to YouTube and see if it gets a content uh, match, then, yeah. then that's one way. Because we're trying to do the same thing with one of the Portland at the Movies movie director. Oh, sure. This guy that did three movies here, one of them which was amazing for what it was, and like just disappeared. And yeah. Steven Johnson, or like yeah. he has the most generic name in the world. Right. And so that's not how, or Steven Miller or something Stephen like Miller. that. Steven Miller. I've heard you um, talking about this yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, he's out there somewhere. Yeah. Right? And then there was a Secretary of Treasury who was Steven Miller. So that makes <laughs> it even more impossible to find. But yeah, I just keep putting it up on YouTube and other places hoping to get some sort of content strike yeah. or someone to be like, who are you? <laughs> Show yourself. The other way to find out, and I, I, I did find the songwriters, and those are listed on the uh, the album as well. I did find a copy of okay. Johnny and the Distractions, Totally Distracted, from a, uh, a record <laughs> yes. reseller in Bend. Um, okay. Wow. And he mailed it to me. I ordered it and it showed up the next day. I was like, wow, that happened fast. And it was because it was that a guy the, in Bend. The hubris of man <laughs> yeah. to be destroying the world so that we can get a <laughs> the overnight album of this guy from Bend. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> like carbon, carbon footprints on that transaction. That's right. It, uh, it, my guilt will live with me forever on my record shelf. <laughs> but yeah, so one thing that I noticed was that, uh, so this is John Coons. Uh, and his, I think his, um, his actual spelling of his name is J-O-N, like Jonathan Kuntz. Okay. Um, but Johnny is spelled J-O-H-N-N-Y because otherwise you'd have to explain it to everybody that you yeah. were trying to book a show with, I assume. Right. Yeah. Uh, when I was trying to figure out more about who this guy was, I did find out. We've got a friend that works uh, in city traffic and uh, Peter Kuntz is a city traffic engineer. He, he programs the stoplights. And so oh, interesting. He uh, like he's, every day he wakes up <laughs> just doing live switching like Presumably. an old I, that's, an old TV I studio. I want to talk to him. By the way, <laughs> he probably if, plugs and unplugs wires. If all the day. world wants to prove 
the how capable AI technology is. I know we're doing it through all this writing and all of this stuff, which we'll talk to on a, <laughs> on a different podcast. But every time I'm stuck at a light where no one else is within 900 miles of where yes. I am and I'm still waiting at a red light, I'm like, if you want to prove that AI is going to work for driving my car, like make a stoplight where it works for what's happening. They've done that in Los Angeles. And so like 95% of all of the traffic lights in Los Angeles city of los angeles was massive 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 wow are all synced uh and well, so flow and, and, and they do that like if right. you go through major areas if you stay at 35 or whatever you hit all the yeah. lights right but it's still not responding <clears throat> to yeah but, like what's going on at that yeah. time like when portland you're stuck is or, the worst they so i feel this like this is they definitely where you want chaos. peter coons on the show <laughs> yeah exactly oh that I've, would be fascinating I've had, yeah yeah i've had like city tours with him like by bike and he'll explain really? like light timing and sensors <sighs> and it's it's really yeah yeah we'll totally reach put out that in your show notes I know, I, there we go you know what? I've got to <laughs> start that so I bring him up because he he has the same family name he's no yeah. relation to musician John Coons okay but I did talk to him about it how do you and, spell his last name uh, K O O N C E K O N C E okay for anybody taking notes at home yes <laughs> um, and he's gonna I, get like all these <laughs> random emails. <laughs> And what was his first name? Peter. <laughs> Peter. Yes. Uh, so Peter Coons told me that he grew up in Portland. Uh, like he's he's one of the few people I think that you meet who actually grew up in the same town he's in now uh, in Portland, Oregon. Uh, but he uh, apparently grew up and his dad's name was also John Coons. And so he would get calls to the house all the time because, you know, when you're looking for <laughs> musician John Coons, hey, we'd like to book you for a tour. We'd like you to join this particular show. They would call John Coons, father of Peter Coons, not musician John Coons. And they would always say, sorry, you've got the wrong number. So uh, he was familiar with him, even wow. though he was not related to him yeah. because he lived in the same town. Huh. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> so he had, a, I guess, the singer had a big enough footprint that they would get enough calls that that's a thing. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, my research tells me he began uh, life in North Carolina and then he moved to Portland, Oregon to start a band and start his musical career, which I don't think of Portland as being the the town you move to, especially if you're right next to Nashville, <laughs> yeah, comparatively. Right. <laughs> uh, but that was where he came to and where he started. Um, so, yeah. Let me, uh, let me play you here. Just uh, this is my... This is my uh, recreation of okay. that dancing synth line. Ooh. So I uh, I put this together, just trying to figure out, like, again, COVID, just sitting here, yeah. not much to do, twiddling my thumbs back and forth. And uh, I was like, you know, when I was in high school, I recorded my own music. I had a Tascam Porta 4 that recorded on a cassette tape, you know, and it used all four stereo channels in the same direction to give you four multi-tracks that you could, you know, play with. It's a lot of people use them, I think, even until recent times yeah. to demo their songs. Uh, but I had spent a lot of time uh, figuring out how to record myself and also how to um, how to program drums because I wasn't a drummer. So I had uh, Macintosh Performa, I want to say, nice. um, with Virtual Drummer 1.0, um, <laughs> which was just a MIDI. It was like a really basic MIDI controller that would give you a grid that you could uh, program your own drums to. And so that gave me an idea of kind of how... how how you, how you work with music like uh, music notation you know historically you'd have to be able to write this down and and uh if you're beethoven you're, you're telling other people how to play your work and yeah. this is the part i want you to play um 
in modern times, it's just these are the these are the ones and zeros, and this is where they go. Uh, and so I learned how to do that in high school, and I pulled out that knowledge in 2020 and and just uh, or 21, and uh, started programming stuff. So this wow. was the sound that I came up with that kind of approximated like yeah. this is pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like I can do this, I can probably do the rest. So uh, the the next thing I had to do was drums, and this is. This is the drum track that I programmed based on my extensive history with virtual drumming back in you know, the mid 2000s. So I want to say uh, the thing I'm most proud of here is around the 130 mark um, where um, I was just trying to, to find drums that would match up with what the drummer was doing in real life. And that little fill there. Wow. Trying to figure out how do you make a, a, a snare sample and like a program snare sound kind of like the the snare that's yeah. being played by a live person, like a real person. That's great. So um, ended up, you know, obviously layering another thing. Uh, I, this I think took up 120 megabytes on my hard disk space. So I didn't I didn't record a lot of audio. A lot of it was programmed, just kind of MIDI stuff. Yeah. Uh, but what was built into the garage band, like kind of the the instruments that you get without buying any additional patches, right. instruments, et cetera. <clears throat> so, um, so I, I ended up just spending a lot of time on this and putting it together. And I ended up with a song with a version that was basically um, my own version of the song. Wow. So... Uh, you can find it, and this is my pitch. If you look on <laughs> any of your major streaming services, you'll find uh, Brock Dittus, just my name, which I again Dittus. I have a hard time saying. <laughs> <laughs> However you pronounce it, it's spelled the same way. Um, but uh, I, I ended up placing it out there kind of in the uh, public view, and uh, you can find it. So, um, And this is the part I'm curious. Like if I put this out here again, should I play this? Yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping it doesn't get you into uh, a podcasting Wait. jail or whatever. So that's the original. This uh, this is no. the new version. This, this is my is version. It's available on streaming. Wow. And I'm actually streaming it from Apple Music right now. So, um, again, this was something that I felt had some, some cultural significance. It was kind of like Portland's Huey Lewis or the News. As you can hear, I don't have John Koontz's voice. <laughs> so I ended up uh, kind of singing uh, in, in my own style. I like it. More of a Depeche Mode sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Delay. And playing with delay. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's something that's out there. Uh, and this was something that also kind of kick-started me back into playing my own music. Oh, cool. Being able to, after this, I ended up uh, recording a cover of a song by the band Spoon, uh, which was on the Stranger Than Fiction soundtrack, uh, Vittorio E. Uh, so you can go out and listen to that one too. Uh, and after that, I connected with a friend from college who was uh, just kind of putting herself out there to become a musical artist, and I ended up producing her uh, Stranger EP. Uh, Pepper oh, wow. Kit is her name. Uh, she's out. She's from Anchorage, um, and yeah, uh, we worked on that extensively over kind of the end of uh, the early COVID period, and uh, and it's now out there as well. So that is cool. So, anyways, that's kind of my my long. Uh, Long story about what I did over COVID. Um, if, if this was a movie, we'd have a freeze frame uh, of where are they now? I'd have my hand up in the air like the end of The Breakfast Club. Uh, again, cassette technologies um, is long since gone, but the building is still there. Uh, John Koontz uh, moved yeah. back to North Carolina. He is now, uh, he had, he's had multiple albums. He was performing uh, in Portland, I think, up until 2019. And for oh, the damn. Music Millennium 50th anniversary show, he opened for the Dandy Warhols at the Aladdin Whoa. Theater. Oh, wow. 
So um, he was still oh, relevant then, and I would argue still relevant now. <laughs> totally. I don't know if he's heard the song. Um, I was going to say, I wonder if you just ask him, why isn't this, why is the song streaming? Right. But I wonder if that's a rights issue. Or I blame Tough whatever. Boot Records. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, Are they still around? I don't think so. And that's possibly why. Um, uh, I but, wonder, do do rights like that revert back to the artist if a place goes defunct or does it just get think sold so. off as yeah. part of their that's bankruptcy? A, yeah, They're, that's where I was questioning, like, who gets, because it's like inventory, essentially. Right. Yeah. Right. So, well, because you hear about that every once in a while where artists like are just not allowed to release something right. that mm-hmm. just like is perfectly done and all that because somebody else owns it, which is just a wild, yeah, a wild thing to think about that something you make, you can't. Yeah, the contracts can be tricky. And when you sign away your rights to whatever it is that you make, you know, um, it, like there are uh, notably, for example, Eve Six of uh, Inside Out fame, the uh, Heart in a Blender song. Um, they, you know, started, they became famous at like 17 and 19 and everything like that. And um, even with family members in the music business, they got a super predatory music contract yeah. that basically took mm. any, both the original masters and any of the proceeds that they would earn from that. Uh, away from them and so yeah it's it's not uncommon for a record label to to basically strip an artist of any of their income streams yeah um, well and and that was uh prince during the 90s when yep. his yeah. whole thing with warner brothers and changing his name and all of that stuff was all because i think prince just wanted like but i want to release a hundred albums and right. they're like no, no no you can only do one he's like a hundred like no, so well, and, and Warner Brothers had rights to the name Prince in in that context. Oh, too. interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah. that's why. And then he had to send out an actual <laughs> diskette with a glyph on it yes. of that symbol, so that magazines could, could print that. Print it. Yeah, what it, a. I feel like we kind of made too much fun of him for that because that's pretty yeah. badass. It's kind of like the brown M&Ms thing. Like you have a writer mm-hmm. where like, you know, they're like, why, why do they want them to sort out the brown M&Ms? That's ridiculous. But it turns out they're really concerned about whether you're reading it closely enough for the pyrotechnics right. to work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's very similar to that. It's like, well, um, this is this is what I'm contractually obligated to do. So I'm going to change my yeah. name. So wow. Can we make a TikTok channel uh, with all of the the phone recordings for with your grandmother. Like, <laughs> That'll be our next project. I, I, You'll be the Dr. RIP. I would, I would love to hear those exchanges yeah. and, or, you know, messages left or, or yeah. whatever. Just, yeah. It's uh, fascinating to hear all that. All I, that have, stuff. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't <clears throat> spent the time digging into all of them. Sure. I'm like, this is juicy stuff. I probably need to go back and listen to this. <laughs> And that's where I'm not sure if it would work on a TikTok. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It depends or on who's it would work really well. Still alive yeah. and who wants to hear it. Who doesn't right. want that to be shared? So, uh, somebody dug up the uh, the music and ads that were played on uh, on the overhead at Kmart. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. I was thinking about Same that yeah. when that's, you were talking that's how about vaporwave. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, and and you know, listening to that for an hour is magical yeah and that totally takes you back to another time yeah. another place it's one of the music uh, the magical things about music to me is that yeah it, it it connects you and before we started recording we were talking about kind of like what is nostalgia and what is what has relevance today you yeah. know and like even if it's as simple as like i used to go to kmart and i remember this it yeah. jogs a memory for me this is a visceral way to connect back to to something from another time yeah to me, that's one of the magic magical pieces of music is that it gives you that connection. The one sweatshirt that everybody comments on when I wear it out is my blockbuster sweatshirt. Yes. Every single per every <laughs> single time we're out in public, somebody stops me and like has this nostalgia moment and and 
Oh my god, we used to go there. I mean, yeah. Remember when you would, you know, you could rent a VCR yeah. from the, you know. <laughs> yeah. So John Koontz now lives back in North Carolina, and he is an author. He uh, he wrote some books, uh, books of stories, and I think kind of it, it, he's got a, an interesting kind of rootsy um, yeah. uh, promo video uh, that I I was I was compelled. I think his book is uh, is it um, something about homemade sin, which I thought was interesting. Nice. Nice. <laughs> interesting, but uh, but yeah, he's he's moved out of the Portland music scene and back to I guess to his roots. So wow, well, yeah. his name now lives. Forever, I guess this will be on the internet. <laughs> I mean, no one will hear it, but it will live forever. It will live forever. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for and letting that, me unspool. Yeah, some of that. no, really, it's, really cool. It's fun because I've been kind of. Uh, I'm not much of a, of a music person, but one of the things I do watch on YouTube every now and then is when they find like the the different stems to like popular songs or whatever, and they'll mm. go through like. And I've been on a, like a Michael Jackson tear, so like listening to Billy Jeans, and it's like here's the one tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> next track here's that tambourine double and like it'll just go through and then yeah. but then you'll hear his raw lyric uh lyric take and and vocal track and it's just i mean it's astonishing and then play them all together and, mm-hmm. and the kind of the pathos of a, of a raw <laughs> vocal track that you know it doesn't have the music behind it it, get, it you feel that much closer to the singer you feel that much yeah. closer to the artist and, and you get a sense of kind of how what their performance was. And it's yeah. so different because like, no, like there's plenty of stuff for Michael Jackson. There's plenty of stuff for everyone, but Madonna, like nobody ever does this for Madonna, <laughs> but the, a podcast popped up last year and it's basically song exploder, but just Madonna songs because all these stems got released or whatever. And so like I've heard, I mean, everyone's heard Vogue a million times. Yeah. So what it sounds like, but to hear her, just her vocal track is astonishing just to hear by itself. And like, yeah, how it's not this technically wonderfully competent, like Mariah. It's just this raw vocal that they made in the basement somewhere. And you can like hear the bleed through of the headphones. And right. like, yeah. All the things oh, you can see about or hear. So fascinating. <laughs> and then, yeah. Just all this. And then sandwiching all those pieces together for the song. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's super fascinating to me. All that production stuff. I really like, I really like. So for example, my voice in my attic, uh, singing, uh, the background vocals at the end. There it is. <laughs> that is awesome. Did you put that through a harmonizer? Or? Uh, that's me a couple different times okay. and a couple of effects on it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever garage band gives you is a, yeah. the things you yeah. have access to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that, that, yeah, I love that. That was perfect. So thank you for, thank you for coming on for that. Um, if anyone else has anything interesting about their lives that they would love to come to share, <laughs> it's, it's great. Cause yeah, I've been loving doing the show and with uh, grad school and with the holidays, it's, it gets a little busy for preparation. So this was this, we get to meet our listener. Yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> and his friend. I love how you just kept that like, singular. Exactly. <laughs> and again, if you like what you're hearing on the market podcast, go subscribe and donate to Portland at the movies. There you go. Exactly. There you go. Perfect. Um, yeah. Right. Any, any last, any smash that subscribe thoughts? button. Smash that like button. Yeah. Detonate the subscribe or whatever it is. Um, yeah, well, you can. Speaking, going back to Fun Employment Radio, encourage uh, Greg Nibbler and Sarah Dillon. Go listen to Fun Employment Radio. Uh, buy some of their merch for Christmas. They've got stuff for dogs and, and babies mm. and people and, and all of that stuff. Um, I was wearing one of their shirts just yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So go check them out. Um. 
Oh, and we'll take you out. I guess I should find it. Um, well, should we take you out with some more of the music, or did we want to um, do the song. 808 or the eight 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 speech? <laughs> if we can find the 888 speech yeah. that okay would... well let's go out then yeah. for sure with your song okay and then if that magically appears at the end of this episode i have found the audio to the 888 speech so <laughs> sounds good awesome thanks for coming on, on absolutely did you want me to play that now yeah okay let's, let's do it live <laughs> do it live <laughs> oh my goodness apple music why are you so hard to use <laughs> When repeat your repeat where people can find this on their own. Oh yeah, yeah. If you go to any major streaming service and you just type in Brock Dittus, B R O C K D I T T U S, you'll find my things. And again, Pepper Kit, the artist I've been collaborating with, P E P P E R K I T. But you probably knew that. Nice, nice. Okay. Do you have anything to promote? Oh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you look closely on the streets of Portland, Oregon, you will find Aaron Flores. You might find me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look too hard. <laughs> Something just a little bit dirty, a little growly. Nice. I'm going to stop recording here. People of Portland, residents of Oregon, citizens of the United States, inhabitants of this good planet Earth. This is Rick Emerson, host of The Rick Emerson Show on AM 970 and three-time winner of the Oregon Entertainer of the Year Award. First off, my apologies for commandeering the world's public address system like this. We considered buying infomercial time, but it's all filled up with George Foreman grills and that thing that shaves the skin off your feet. My friends, we live in fractious times, times of upheaval, turmoil, times of discord, where the only certainties we have to face are uncertainty, unpredictability, and the relentless hands of the ticking clock. We rise each day and go out the door and put on our bravest face, one foot in front of the other, walking toward the future, whatever it might be. And even in a country of 300 million, a planet 6 billion strong, there are times you feel as though you are alone. But I'm here to tell you, there is something that binds us all, a common thread, a uniting force, and you're using it right now. Radio, you see, is magic. Not the fairy tale kind, but real, honest-to-goodness magic. Wherever you are right now, your car, your home, your office cubicle, headphones on, you turn a dial and this voice comes out, a voice you can carry with you, the size of a pack of cigarettes, the cost of a battery, 
no matter where you are, where you go, it all comes out of this one tiny device. Music, debates, discussion, this one tiny device tells you what's happening in the world, what's happening in your community. It's there, all around you, just waiting. And it comes right out of the air. My friends, that is magic. Perhaps around the dial you felt that same energy, that same magic. But maybe you found it disappointing, diluted, diminished. The province of bottom-feeding hacks, obvious and unimaginative. Does anyone really need another block-hardy weekend? Does anyone still need to get the lead out? How much lead could you possibly have that you continuously need to expel it? The lead has been out since 1982. Move on. Does anyone need another station claiming they play everything? Do you realize there are 4,000 albums released every month? Entire wormholes in space would have to expand exponentially just to create sufficient real estate to hold such a radio station. And We Play Everything doesn't even make sense. If I recorded an album of Peruvian whale song, would they be legally obligated to play it? What about a record of hobbit noises? What about a record of earthworm yodels? What about a record consisting entirely of the sound of Abe Vigoda gently scratching his inner left thigh with a slightly stale macaroon? No one plays everything. DJs with names like Dan Halen, Ken Fusion, Mark St. Mark, Bill St. Bill, Jonathan St. Jonathan, Stevie Van Rock, and The Morning Zoo starring generic edgy guy and breathy airheaded sidekick and guys whose sole purpose seem to be giggling in the background. Wet t-shirt contest for Nickelback tickets, battle of the sexes, voice tracked inanity systematically designed to appeal to a lowest common denominator whose collective brain power, if harnessed, couldn't heat a hot pocket. You've had it up to here with the automated, regimented, pasteurized, homogenized, more rock, less talk, ten in a row, nineties at noon, something the whole office can agree on crap fest. Now perhaps you've sought refuge in the enlightening world of AM talk radio only to find much of it an endless parade of the tedious, tired, the banal and insipid, the dull and predictably non-threatening. Does anybody really need a contest in which the alleged prize is the chance to sit across from Lars Larson while he eats lunch? I mean, can you imagine what that would sound like? Does anyone need another conservative who sounds as though he's been constipated and sexless for at least 16 years? Or another liberal whose voice sounds like a living thesaurus for screechy whining? You deserve better. For everyone who would rather be talked to than talked at. For everyone who prefers humor to bombast. For everyone who has their Google News alerts set for Hasselhoff or Star Trek or Woodchipper accident. For everyone who knows what it means to love Motley Crue unironically. For everyone who still proudly displays their action figure collections well into adulthood. For everyone who stood in line at midnight for Sith, The Black Album, or The Deathly Hallows. Perhaps at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing, 3415 Cedar Hills Boulevard, where Hall and Cedar Hills Boulevard intersect. For everyone who's ever fervently debated the proper use of the Oxford comma. For everyone who ever liked Yoda talked. For everyone who prefers the company of their Xbox to most living people. For everyone who would rather get their news from Jon Stewart, Stephen Colbert, Doyle Redlin, or Tim Riley. For everyone who's ever debated Mike versus Joel, DC versus Marvel, Mac versus everything. 
For everyone who's ever signed a petition or written a strongly worded letter to bring back an unfairly canceled yet brilliant television show. For everyone who knows that Goonies never say die. For the overeducated, the underestimated, for the hopelessly idealistic and the cheerfully nihilistic. The bitter crazed loner, the disenchanted smartass, the shut-in, the misfit, the brain, the basket case, the athlete, the princess, the criminal. The Rick Emerson Show is for you. For those already loyal to the cause, we salute you. And with your help, this movement will grow beyond imagining. For those just joining, just hearing, only now discovering this program, we welcome you. Your search is over. You have found your home. And this community becomes stronger every day. So spread the word. Tell a friend. Pass it on. And take your first step into a larger world. People of Portland, residents of Oregon, citizens of the United States, inhabitants of this good planet Earth. This is the magic of radio. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Thank you.